This is Wealth Wake Up with Dick Donahue on KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM in Bellingham and KGMI.com. The opinions voiced in Wealth Wake Up with Dick Donahue are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine what may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, financial, or tax advisor prior to investing. Guests on Wealth Wake Up with Dick Donahue are not affiliated with CWM LLC. Investment advisory services offered through CWM LLC, a registered investment advisor. Good Saturday morning, Dick KGMI. I want to wish everybody a happy new year. One week down and 51 to go. So let's talk about what happened in the first week of 2023. Because the stock market was able to close out the first week with decent gains thanks to a rally effort on Friday. The S&P 500 briefly dipped below 3,800 on Tuesday before pushing above 3,900 on Friday. With Wednesday's higher finish, the market logged a net gain over the Santa Claus rally period, the last five trading sessions of the year and the first two trading sessions of the new year, which historically have been regarded as a positive sign for the start of the new year. The major indices experienced some choppy action this week, though, driven by expectations surrounding the Fed's rate hike path. Those expectations were influenced by notable economic releases this week. A stronger-than-expected ADP employment change report for December and initial jobless claims for the week ending December 31st, which hit their lowest level since September, indicated the labor market remains tight. Simultaneously, a sharp narrowing in the November trade deficit, which was led by declines in both exports and imports, reflecting weakening global demand. Investors are aware that the Fed continues considers a weakening of the labor market to be an integral step towards bringing down inflation. So strong labor market data, market participants fearful about the Fed continuing to raise rates and not entertaining a pivot to a rate cut cycle anytime soon. Minneapolis Fed President Kesh Kari, who is a 2023 FOMC voter, said that he sees the Fed pausing its rate hikes at 5.4%, before cautioning that rates could be taken uh, potentially higher, much higher, from whenever the Fed pauses if there is slow progress in lowering inflation after the Fed pauses. The FOMC minutes from the December 13th and 14th meeting which were released on Wednesday following Mr. Kashkari's remarks indicated that no participates, participants anticipated it would be appropriate to begin reducing the federal funds rate target in 2023. And Kansas City Fed Chair George, not an FOMC voter, meanwhile told CNBC in an interview on Thursday that she sees the Fed funds rate reaching 5% and staying there well into 2024. The same day, the St. Louis Fed President Bullard, not an FOMC voter, also said, while the policy rate is not yet in a zone that may be considered sufficiently restrictive, it's getting closer. The market languished on Thursday following the ADP initial claims numbers, leaving participants fearful about the December employment situation report being stronger than expected. It turned out that the employment report was not as strong as feared, but it was not weak, 
Nonetheless, the market took a liking to the understanding of that average hourly earnings growth moderated at 4.6% year-over-year in December versus a downwardly revised 4.8% in November. That report was subsequently followed by the December ISM non-manufacturing index, which fell into contraction and territory, which means it has a sub-50 reading for the first time since May of 2020. The downturn reflected a clear slowdown in economic activity that is a byproduct of rising interest rates and weakening demand. The takeaway for the Treasury and the stock markets in the wake of this softer data was that the Fed won't be able to take the target range for Fed rates much higher before it decides to hit the pause button. Accordingly, both markets enjoyed substantive substantive rallies for the week. The two-year note fell 15 basis points, that would be 0.15% for the week, to 4.27%. And the 10-year note fell 32 basis points for the week to 3.56%. The bulk of the weekly gains came in Friday's rally. Nine of 11 S&P 500 sectors closed with a gain, led by communication services, which were up 3.7%, materials up 3.5%, and financials up 3.3%. Meanwhile, the energy sector closed flat and healthcare fell two tenths of one percent. And the mega cap stock had a roller coaster week fueled by notable news catalysts. Tesla disappointed with fourth quarter deliveries and reported cut prices again in China for its Model Y and Model 3 vehicles. And Apple reportedly told suppliers to build fewer components for several devices in the first quarter due to weakening demand. And Amazon announced it has plans to cut nearly 18,000 positions. Another story stock of note was the Dow Component Salesforce, which announced that it will be pursuing a restructuring effort that will include an elimination of roughly 10% of its staff and select real estate exits and office space reductions. Talking then, we'll take a look at our high-frequency tracker that we follow every week. And... um, we saw initial jobless claims for uh, the uh, ending December 30th were 204,000. That was actually a decrease of about 8.5%. And continuing jobless claims were 1,694,000. That was also a decrease of about 9 tenths of 1%. Meanwhile, the, uh, the uh, box office receipts, the movie theaters are continuing to look like a yo-yo. They were down 33.2% for the week ending the 5th of January. And rail car traffic was actually down about 8.7%. Steel production was was uh, up a little bit. Or I'm sorry, steel production was down 7 tenths of 1%. However, hotel occupancy for the week ending the 31st of December was up a whopping 23.5%. That makes sense because that's over the Christmas holidays, a lot of people traveling. And then the spendable state of uh, open table uh, state of restaurant industry as of the 4th of January was over 40% increase, a huge increase. A lot of people eating out, evidently. And TSA checkpoint data for the week ending the 31st of December, average of 2,129,022 passengers a day. That was a 1.6% increase over the previous week. Supply of motor gasoline was actually down about almost 20%. And global commercial flights as of December 31st, uh, 99,289 global flights a day. That was an increase of 5.2%. And again, that was as of December 31st. Dick Donahue with you with Wealth Wake Up Live here in KGMI. We're going to take a break. We'll be back shortly.
The winter savings continue at Linden Sheet Metal. The holidays are over, but it's not too late to buy a gift for your home and save money while doing it. Linden Sheet Metal has furnace, air conditioner, and heat pump discounts up to $900. Utility rebates up to $1,500. And beginning January 1, there are tax credits up to $2,000 off. And it doesn't end there. Showroom fireplace models are discounted 40%, and new fireplaces are $300 off installation. The benefits of a new energy-efficient fireplace, heating, or cooling system will help you save on future energy bills and can increase the value of your home. Call Linden Sheet Metal today to schedule a free estimate. Our consultants will come out and find the best solution for your home. We also offer easy financing with low monthly payments. Now is a great time to upgrade your home. Linden Sheet Metal, serving the Northwest for over 80 years. Nieder House of Luxury is Whatcom County's newest luxury jewelry store. It's your go-to place for an amazing selection of precious metals, like gold and silver American Eagles, 100-ounce silver bars, and a vast selection of platinum bars and coins. You'll be dazzled after extensive collection of jewelry and Rolex watches, plus GIA certified diamonds and lab-grown diamonds serving a luxury experience that's both ethical and sustainable. When you visit Nieder House of Luxury, you'll receive valuable personalized service from the expert staff who are focused on fulfilling your every need. It's the crown jewel in a long career of luxury from John Nieder himself. Hi, I'm John Nieder. I've been buying and selling precious metals for nearly 30 years. If you're interested in expanding your private investment, I'm available to advise you with your purchase. You'll be amazed at our selection. Neater House of Luxury. Luxury for all. 21 Bellwether Way, Suite 107. Or shop online at NeaterHouseOfLuxury.com. Neater House of Luxury. Follow the bright light. The opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of KGMI or the Cascade Radio Group. Welcome back to Wolf Wake Up Live. Donnie Hughes, Wolf Advisors, Certified Financial Planner, Credited Investment Fiduciary, all those nice designations. Here, we're Asset Advisors. We're located out in Ferndale or out on the way to Ferndale, I guess, on the Pacific Highway in the Pacific Commerce Center next to Wilson's Furniture. Our address is 5060 Pacific Highway, Suite 101, Ferndale, 98248. Our phone number, 360-733-1200. And check out our website at wealthwakeup.com. If you go in there under podcasts, you'll see rebroadcasts of the, our radio shows. If you missed something or want to hear it again, always like to hear that you might want to hear it again. Anyway, check it out. And under insights, you can go in there. We also had an update this week uh, uh, talking about Secure 2.0. Jamie does a great job on that. So you can go in. There's a lot of good information in there under insights. Okay, well, talking about the markets and what's going on, we try to once a quarter talk about what happened, what happened in different sectors of the market in the fourth quarter of this year. And the only constant we see is change. Cause, but that is one of the most common questions we get a lot is what are our favorite sectors? And sometimes the answer is more evident than others, such as the energy's outperformance in the current climate. But since 2005, there are only two sectors of the S&P 500 index that have been the top performers in back-to-back calendar years. 
One was in information technology. It posted the highest total returns in 2019, up over 50%, and in 2020, up almost 44%. But energy was second, posting the second highest return. At least that was the second sector. In 2021, was up almost 54% or over 54%. 2022, a little over 65%. The top performing sectors for the fourth quarter of last year were as follows. Energy was up 22.74%. Industrials were up almost a little over 19%. Materials up 15.05%. And the total return on the S&P 500 index was up 7.5% for the fourth quarter of last year. The other eight sectors generated total returns ranging from 13.56% for financials to minus 10.18% for consumer discretionary. And the S&P 500 posted a total return of minus 18.13% for the 22 calendar year. And of the alleged major sectors that comprise the index, only energy and utilities registered positive returns. For comparative purposes, the top performing sectors in 2022 were energy up 65.43%, utilities up 1.56%, so utilities just barely made a gain, and then we saw consumer discretionary or consumer staples down 0.62%. Those were the three top sectors. But the worst performing sectors for the year were communication services down 39.89%. That's almost 40%. Consumer discretionary down 37.03%. And information technology, which was down 28.19%. So pretty big variations there from top to end. I mentioned earlier the uh, some of the comments that came out from some of the uh, members of the Federal Reserve Board this week. And I'm going to spend a little time here just kind of cover some more of that in a little bit more detail because uh, starting out with the fact that uh, um, St. Louis Fed James Bullard said we're getting closer to sufficiently high. Uh, he said that interest rates are getting cl- closer to high enough level to bring down inflation, suggesting he's comfortable with the policymakers' projections of how much further that they'll hike this year. Bullard, in a presentation Thursday to business leaders in St. Louis, pointed to optimistic signs that price gains could slow further this year and the central bank may succeed in taming the strongest inflation in a generation. His remarks also stopped short of hammering home the hawkish tone that he delivered through much of last year when he was ahead of the peers and advocating for the U.S. central bank to take more aggressive moves to cool prices. This policy rate is not yet in a zone that may be considered sufficiently restrictive, but it's getting closer, he said in his slide presentation. A chart of his presentation suggested that Fed officials' median projection for where rates will end this year at 5.1% and is in the territory of being restrictive enough to retain remain rain in inflation. So current rates are about four and a half, four and a quarter, four and a half. Looking for another half percent here increase at this next meeting, that'll push it up to five. So Fed may be fairly close to being done according to his projections. But he didn't specify how high he prefers rates to rise or indicate whether the Fed should again slow its pace of rate hikes at the next meeting. The St. Louis Fed chair said that the central bank's actions have helped to lower inflation expectations to a level consistent with the Fed's 2% inflation target. He said he also sees inflation falling to a lower level this year as the economy normalizes. 
Fed officials raised rates by a half a point last month, slowing down after four straight three-quarters percent raises while extending the most aggressive tightening campaign since the 1980s. That brought the target of his benchmark rate to four and a quarter to four and a half percent, as I mentioned earlier. Officials also issued fresh forecasts that showed that they expect policy to remain tight this year, with 17 of 19 officials projecting rates above 5% at the end of this year, and no Fed official forecast rate cuts this year. Minutes of the December 13th to 14th meeting, which were released Wednesday, showed that policymakers last month affirmed their commitment to bringing down inflation. Officials also warned against an unwarranted loosening of financial conditions with suggested frustration that markets could undermine their efforts to tame prices. Several Fed officials this week have reiterated their concerns that inflation is too high. Kansas City Fed, uh, Fed Chair Esther George saying earlier Thursday that she sees the federal funds rates remaining above 5% well into 2024. She says, I see staying there for some time again until we get the signals that inflation is really convincingly starting to fall back towards our 2% goal. She said that on a CNBC interview. The following uh, That followed remarks from Atlanta Fed President Rafael Bostic that inflation is still very, way too high and remains the biggest headwind in the U.S. He said, I appreciate recent reports that include signs of moderating prices, but there's still much work to do. And he said that at a Fed conference in New Orleans on Thursday. And Minneapolis Fed, Fed President Neil Kashkari said that um, uh, uh, in an essay Wednesday that he projects rates will rise to about 5.4%. So little, little, little variation there from one Fed official to the other and what they expect. But basically, most of them sounds like they expect rates to go up and stay up for a while. We also saw a report this week that came out talking about the fact that more Americans are tapping their credit cards for their everyday expenses. And the um, number they used them to rely on cover daily expenses jumped in December as households battered with inflation uh, find their regular income is no longer enough to make ends meet. Uh, the U.S. Census Bureau on Thursday's Pulse survey found that 35% of households use credit cards or loans in December to cover spending needs in the past week. That's up from around 32% in November and just 21% in April when the uh, census first started collecting that data. Households uh, feeling pinched. More Americans are relying on money outside their regular income sources to meet spending needs in the past week. So use of money from savings, including withdrawals from retirement accounts, jumped in June, continued to climb through summer as inflation hit record highs. That number has since abated while using credit cards is on the rise. Dual trends that could indicate that consumers have run down their savings. Consumers are needing to rely on non-working income sources to make their spending needs. If some of these forces continue, it could be a precursor to broader economic uh, softening. Uh, besides inflation, households' growing reliance on alternative sources of money can be attributed to a dwindling financial support from the federal government. The government stimulus helped families that were living paycheck to paycheck before the pandemic shore up their finances for the bottom half of the income distribution to a peak of more than $460 billion in excess savings in the third quarter of 21. But most of that federal support programs have been long since expired. But all told, many households' financial situations mirror their pre-pandemic realities. They are living paycheck to paycheck without sufficient savings to cover their emergencies or sustained periods of high inflation. 
Dick Donahue with you. We're going to go ahead and take a break here with Wealth Wake Up Live on KGMI. We'll be back shortly. For over 130 years, the Benevolent and Protective Order of Elks has been standing tall and supporting the communities across our state. Over $2 million is invested annually in the Elks Therapy Program for Children, helping fill the gaps in our medical system one child at a time at no cost to the family's help. Visit discoverelks.com to learn more about your local lodge today. Join in on the community, friendship, and charitable works of the Elks. That's discoverelks.com. Sponsored by the Washington State Elks Association and aired in cooperation with the Washington State Association of Broadcasters in this station. Sir, are you okay? I uh, don't like to fly. (laughs) What are you worried about? I don't know. Engine trouble at 47,000 feet, maybe? Maybe had you taken the car in for regular service before it had engine trouble, we'd be driving the legendary Route 66 instead of flying over it. Could I get a couple aspirin? Have Bellingham Automotive schedule your bumper-to-bumper inspection and oil change before it's too late. Call the shop or visit BellinghamAutomotive.com today. This is Heidi Person, General Manager of the Cascade Radio Group, with a look at some good news in our community that we like to call the upside. The Assistance League of Bellingham and their thrift and gift store on Meridian Street funds various programs throughout the year, such as enrichment scholarships, Operation School Bill, and more. The Assistance League just capped a tremendous 2022 with their annual Yule Boutique this last month. All proceeds from the event support their community programs throughout the year. This year, the Assistance League of Bellingham awarded $47,900 in scholarships to Whatcom County students, provided clothing for 2,130 students, and donated 1,088 books through their Books and Beyond program. For more info, visit assistanceleague.org slash Bellingham. The Upside is brought to you from a grant provided by Bayside Coin and Jewelry. They are the largest buyer and seller of gold and silver in the Northwest. Bayside Coin and Jewelry in the Iowa Business Park. If you have good news to report, email it to us at theupside at cascaderadiogroup.com. There's a lot going on right now, and broadcasters are on the ground covering all of it, bringing you the weather, the traffic, and breaking news, all while entertaining you 24 hours a day. Someone needs to tell you what's going on around the world and in our hometowns, and that someone is us. We are free radio. We are always there. We are broadcasters. Visit wearebroadcasters.com or text radio to 52886 to learn more. Furnished by NAB and this station. The latest local news and important topics of the day from the West Mechanical Studio. Don't worry about your furnace on the coldest days of the year. Talk with West Mechanical, your independent train dealer, about replacing your old inefficient furnace with a train comfort system. Today, find them at westmechanical.net. Get the latest news and information 24-7 with KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM in Bellingham and KGMI.com. CBS News Brief. It took 15 tries, but Kevin McCarthy has become the new Speaker of the House. If there's one thing I want the country to hopefully learn about me this week is that I will never give up. That means I'll never give up for you, that we will continue to fight for you to make sure we follow through on the commitment to America. McCarthy was able to prevail after giving many concessions to opponents within his own party. Mother Nature is giving up nothing in California. Another foot of rain on the way around San Francisco Bay right through Tuesday. We've got flood watches already in place for much of California. Kelly Cass at the Weather Channel. The FDA has green-lighted a second new drug to treat Alzheimer's. Clinical trials suggest Lecambi could slow cognitive decline by 27% over more than a year of frequent infusions. But like the first drug in this class, Aduhelm, which was cleared last year, some doctors had called for more studies. 
CBS Standard 10. CBS News Brief. I'm Linda Kenyon. Because there ain't no doubt I love this land. God bless the USA. Welcome back to Wealth Wake Up Live. Dick Donahue with you this Saturday morning here. Don't forget about our show tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock. This time of year, we find a lot of businesses looking at setting up retirement plans. And uh, so uh, let's talk about a few factors that you may want to consider if you're looking at doing that, especially for small businesses. And setting up a retirement plan can seem like it is a daunting task. It doesn't have to be expensive. It doesn't have to be complicated. But it can be a valuable factor in long-term success of your companies and a powerful incentive for your employees. So there's a couple important things to think about when you're looking to build a plan to meet both the goals of your business and the retirement savings of your employees. Number one is select an experienced provider. Of the many factors that go into plan management, one of the most important is selecting a retirement plan services provider. Regulations don't require plan fiduciaries to consider plan costs exclusively. But there are other things to think about in addition to fees and expenses, such as the scope and the quality of the plan services, the benefits of these services to the plan sponsor and its employees, and the depth of experience of the service provider. Moreover, rules and regulations around retirement plans are constantly evolving, and it can be a burdensome for an owner to keep up with these changes to ensure that the plan remains compliant. One of those changes is just what happened with Secure Act 2. So simply sticking with the same plan for years or using an online platform with the lowest cost to manage a retirement plan seems like an easy approach. But this may not provide the most suitable plan for your businesses and your goals. So learning more about the plan options available can make a real difference. For example, Section 105 of Secure Act of 2019 amended the Internal Revenue Code to allow companies with less than 50 employees to receive a tax credit equal to 50% of the administrative costs when they start a plan. Well, Congress now with Secure Act 2 has increased that where some companies can take up to 100% for up to three years. So it's a real consideration is taking a look at the services there and also, of course, the fact that you do now have that tax credit. Uh, also focus on your employee recruitment and retention a tight job market in addition to offering competitive salaries providing a robust benefits package for your employees is critical unfortunately saving for retirement is not a top priority of many younger workers however a well-designed retirement plan can help attract potential candidates while rewarding existing employees for their efforts Some features might include investment funds that align with the values of a business, an employer match, a robust participant education program, or a profit-sharing component that enables employers to share a percentage of their company's profits based on quarterly or annual earnings. If your company is doing well, you can share the company-wide success with your employees by increasing the amount that you contribute to your profit-sharing plan. Another option may be to choose a vesting schedule for retirement contributions based on your employees' years with the companies. So these are just a couple factors to consider when you're looking at it uh, that may work well. But partnering with an expert to design your plan, you can offer your employees the ability to save for retirement in a way that best needs their needs as well as your company's current and long-term goals. And again, Secure Act 2 
changed a number of the factors that may want to consider, including contribution limits, participation, automatic enrollment, and some of these other things. Those are all things you need to be aware of, but it is something you should look at, especially for small business. Having a retirement plan is really a valuable thing to have. Saw another report come out this week saying that uh, most renters say that their annual bill climbed more than $1,000. That means their average rent was up over $1,000. In fact, more than half of U.S. renters say that their annual bill climbed by at least $1,200 over the last year amid a housing market squeeze, according to the Census Bureau. About 55% of respondents, equivalent to about 32 million people, said that their monthly rents are up at least $100 in this period. And that's according to the Bureau's new household pulse survey that was published on Thursday. For some 2.3 million renters, the increase was more than $500 a month. (coughs) The latest housing market data suggests that the pandemic-driven surge in rental prices may be easing up or even going into reverse in some markets. Still, for millions of households, the damage is already done. They've signed leases that lock in a steep increase in their shelter costs. Housing markets have cooled some, but average payments are also still climbing. The biggest increases aren't confined to high-income households, according to the Census Bureau report. More than 1.4 million renters with annual household incomes of less than 75000 reported a monthly payment increase of $500 or more during the past 12 months. Cities, including Miami, Phoenix, and Seattle, had the relatively large share of jumbo rent hikes relative to their population. While some major East Coast metropolities, like New York City, the increase was typically smaller. And the Census Bureau's Household Pulse Survey, which has been conducted regularly since COVID-19, was declared a pandemic, is, is designed to provide timely data on how the health crisis has affected the lives of Americans. So rather interesting how much some of those rents have gone up. Because I had a table here that broke down a lot of the metropolitan areas, New York City, Los Angeles, Long Beach, Anaheim, Seattle, Tacoma. Actually, Long Beach, uh, to, uh, California, had a had probably one of the highest rates, but not far behind was the Seattle Tacoma Bellevue area. So, uh, really steep increases as far as those rates were concerned. Uh, we also get a lot of questions about then about claiming Social Security, and um, in this case, I had a, a, a radio listener that called me in and wanted to know if uh, they could claim Social Security benefits under their ex-spouse, even though they had started their own benefits. Basically, they said that they had been getting Social Security since he was 63. He said he's 65 now. My full benefit benefit date, which would be your full retirement age, would be 66.5. Basically, he said the former spouse married 25 years, divorced over 16 years, uh, started collecting his um, uh, full date this last year. But she wanted to know, can I get my account amount changed to half of his, even if he's been receiving Social Security for two years? Well, the basic answer was because they were married for over 10 years, they were divorced over 10 years or two years, that she actually had what we call an independent entitlement as a divorced spouse. What that means is that you don't need to wait for your ex-spouse to claim benefits before potentially being eligible on his record. He also just had um, at least he had to be at least sixty-two and be able to use that intent in order to use that independent entitlement rule. 
So basically, in this case, if it applied two years ago when the ex-spouse was already over 62, the Social Security Administration should have evaluated at that time of your filing whether you could possibly receive any additional money as an ex-spouse based on the ex-spouse's earnings history. But what is supposed to happen, the Social Security Administration, and does does happen, however, are often two different things. If they did make a mistake, you're normally provided a 60-day window to file a request for reconsideration or an appeal. However, if the Social Security Administration's mistake, then the normal appeal deadline does not apply. So uh, you can go back in and have it fixed in case Social Security Administration made a mistake. So something to take a look at, uh, something to go in there and see if uh, maybe there's a little bit more money in the pot for you. Um. Okay, well, it's a lot of different stuff that we follow all the week, you know, all the time here. Another inflation uh, report, basically the good report, I guess, for the wealthy is that uh, because of inflation, they can leave more and more money to their heirs tax-free. Uh, after a year in which the vast majority of wealthiest Americans lost a chunk of their fortunes, in some cases lost big, at least one way they're still coming out ahead. The rich, starting in 2023, with millions more dollars that they can lavish on future generations without triggering the U.S. estate and gift tax. Last year's inflation, which is the highest in decades, means that married couples can now hand their heirs almost $26 million estate tax-free, $1.7 million more than they did in 2022, and $2.4 million more than they did in 21. Now, this is at the federal level, not at the state level. As I mentioned last week, the state level has been frozen since 2018 because while it was supposed to go up every year, it hasn't because the index that it was pegged to, um, they took that index away. So the state, in their infinite wisdom, just decided that, well, we won't, we won't increase our amount because that index isn't around anymore. So something you might want to beat on your legislators a little bit about. And the hike in the lifetime estate and gift tax exemption, which is adjusted for price growth annually by the IRS, is the largest since 2018 when the amount was doubled by the Republican-passed legislation signed by former President Donald Trump the prior year. As a result, the individual exemption, which is easily shared between spouses, was rocketed to $12.9 million per person from $5 million back in 2011. And rich Americans may be running out of time to pass on this much wealth. The exemption is slated to be cut in half in three years. That's in 2026, when provisions of the Trump tax law are set to expire. And while even $26 million is a drop in the bucket for the ultra-rich, the exemption size shows how generation wealth transfers, as estimated by research firm Sorelli, to total more than $73 trillion in the U.S. in the next 20 years, 2045, go largely untouched by the government. Plus, advisors can use a lot of loopholes and leverage in order to multiply the amount of tax-free money that is available to heirs. So if you are one of those people that's got a large estate, if you're not working on it, you want to get to work on it and get going on it. I'm going to go ahead and take a quick break here. We'll be back in a minute. For the latest job openings and offers, you can apply right there. HireMeWa.com is available 24 hours a day. Check back often. New jobs are posted frequently. Don't see what you want? Post your resume and let prospective employers find you. HireMeWa.com, the go-to job board for Northwest Washington. HireMeWa.com, your new job awaits. 
KGMI Connects with Joe Tian is about our community and you. I happen to believe that the Bellingham, Whatcom County, uh, the Fraser River Delta, Nooksack, Skagit is an enormous healing area. Each weekday at 4 p.m. I'm the old dog. When I walk down railroad, I'm the one who knows who just got here and who didn't. I see them, they're so angry from where they came from, and then through the years, they mellow out because there's a healing energy here. On KGMI 790, 96.5 FM, and KGMI.com. If tomorrow all the things were gone, I'd work for all my life, and I had to start again with just my children and my wife. Welcome back to Wealth Wake Up Live. Dick Donahue with you this Saturday morning here on KGMI. Got questions for us? You can always give us a call, 360-733-1200. Once again, check out our website at wealthwakeup.com. Some really good information in there under insights. Go in there and click on wealthwakeup.com. You can also take an investment risk questionnaire that's there. It might give you some ideas where you rank as far as the level of investment risk that you should be thinking about taking, something we recommend to our clients. So it's all at wealthwakeup.com. Okay, well, talking about retirement, there's three numbers that you need to know before you can retire. And one of the most confounding issues that retirees must wrap their head around is how to create a growing stream of income from their savings after their paycheck stops. To solve this, Consideration should be given to various pieces of the financial life. How much income are you going to need to maintain for your lifestyle? How much did you save for retirement? And how did they save in pre-tax retirement plans and or taxable accounts? How is their money invested? What decisions are they making around guaranteed income sources of income, such as Social Security and pensions? And the list goes on and on. But there are many pieces of that retirement income puzzle to sort out and organize. And so much is at stake. So starting with the point makes the most sense. How strong we strongly recommend starting here to get clear on your three numbers. One, how much does or will your lifestyle cost? We believe that you begin with that end in mind. Imagine you've already retired, your paychecks have stopped. And before you can determine how you replace those paychecks, you'll need to get clear about how much you spend today. Many soon-to-be recent retirees tell us they want to maintain my lifestyle. Therefore, it's crucial to have a solid grasp of how much money you routinely spend right now so that you can have a realistic estimate of what you need in the future. We use our budget sheets. They can be used to carefully account for both current expenses and what is expected in retirement. Going line by line, being thoughtful and thorough is a better exercise than estimating, say, 80% of your current salary. Make sure you're considering how much your lifestyle may change. For example, commuting costs may go away, but travel or dining expenses may increase. What additional health care costs may you have? Also consider any additional wants for retirement. Now, with the freedom of additional time in your hands, what are the things that you may want to do that will cost money? Will you want to learn a new skill or get a new hobby? Are there cases where you want to support or gifts that you want to give? Try to paint the most realistic picture possible, as having a clear picture is important. Think about pulling a, putting a puzzle together. How successful will you be if you don't have that picture on the box? And once you have a solid first number to work with, you'll need to do some more calculations. 
Now, we sit down with our clients and do a retirement capital projection for them. It's something we try to do with the people. We give them a budget sheet, ask them to fill it in, try to be as accurate as possible because it is uh, really something that you need to sit down and take a look at. So that's number one. Number two is how will your lifestyle cost number need to grow? It isn't as simple as coming up with your income number above and using the number year after year for the length of your retirement. Whatever your income need is day one of your retirement, you're going to need to have a plan to place, place it to double and maybe even triple that number over a two- or three-decade retirement. Although the rate of inflation may go up or down in any given year, the average rate over the last 90 years has run approximately 3%. That's why when we do a retirement capital projection, we use a 3% number, which basically means your cost of living is going to double over the tw- first 20 years that you're in retirement. It's also important for you to protect your purchasing power and the ability to maintain your lifestyle on day one of your retirement, as well as 20 to 30 years in the future, needs to be a top priority. Many retirees have not adequately planned for growing their income to keep pace with inflation, and we can understand why. Although inflationary factors are hard to miss right now, it's not unusual for the creep in prices to go unnoticed. When you're working, you must likely experience corresponding increases in wages. The pain, therefore, isn't as apparent as to someone who has been retired for five years or more. So now you may be thinking, as I get older, I'll be doing less. Therefore, my income needs will decrease, not increase. And this will have to say, that's fair. However, you have to consider that all you may, although you may be spending less, your lifestyle expenses, your health care expenses may be increasing, and it may not come as a surprise that health care costs increase at a rate significantly higher than normal inflation. You must be clear on how your income will need to grow over the course of your retirement. And if you fail to plan for inflation, your purchasing power by the end of your retirement may be cut in half. And the third number, third step here is how does your lifestyle cost number look like before taxes? The paradigm shift of this retiring generation is the bulk of their accumulated wealth often resides inside of pre-tax retirement accounts such as IRAs, 401ks, 403bs, etc. And pre-tax means that the initial dollars went in untaxed and the accounts have been growing tax-deferred ever since. Uncle Sam has been waiting for his share of your money for decades. Every distribution from your retirement account will need to account for the taxes owed on the distribution. If you need to spend $10,000 monthly from your IRA, you may have to withdraw somewhere in the range of twelve dollars to $13,000 or more to cover the taxes that will be withheld. Proper planning for your retirement income will need to account for knowing what that gross number looks like on a monthly or annual basis. And understanding how different types of account withdrawals will be taxed becomes vitally important in the next phase of your life. Pre-retirees often focus on what they get to retire from and give less consideration to what they're retiring to. Our advice is to paint the clearest picture you can of what you need and want for retirement to look like. Then develop a comprehensive income plan with these three numbers before you make a big transition. So... Number one, you need to go in there and you need to determine how much will your lifestyle cost. Number two, how much will your lifestyle cost, how much will your cost grow over a period of time? 
And then what does your life sales cost number look like before taxes? So you have to consider what the tax impact is going to be on your retirement plans. You know, I'm covering a lot of different issues uh, with the new Secure Act, too. Some of it piece by piece because I keep getting updated information coming out on a weekly basis. And I grabbed another little piece this week. I thought that maybe I'll continue to add to that story a little bit. Uh, One of those is to look at tax-free 529 plan Roth rollovers. There's also other goodies in Secure Act, too. And so despite that bruising 22 for investors, the new year offers a number of important tax and retirement opportunities for wealth building thanks to the passage of the Secure Act 2 was passed right at the end of the year along with a number of tax and year-end tax changes. The one notable for estate and retirement planning is the year-end change allowing tax-free loans from 529 college plans to Roth IRAs starting not this year but in 2024. And the new provision eliminates the income limits on Roth creation that have hamstrung many wealthy investors and kept them from using their tax-free accounts. It was passed as part of the Secure 2.0 provisions of the $1.7 trillion federal omnibus spending package that President Biden signed into law on December 29th. So we do a lot of 529 plans, have done a lot of them over the years. They're college savings plans. They're set up where you put the money in. It's after-tax money goes in, but it grows tax-free. And if you choose for college, it comes out. It can be used for basically for any higher level of, not just college, but any level of higher education can be used for trade schools, et cetera. Um, Typically, started out putting away $15,000 for each year or $75,000 on a lump sum over five, for five years. Um, and then you could do, again, another 75000 after five years. Uh, that went to 16000 Now, with inflation, it's up to 17000 So a person that's got some money there can put away up to $85,000 away in a 529 plan. So it's something to think about. Anyway, this new provision eliminates the income limits on Roth creation that have hamstrung many, as I said. With 529 funds are supposed to be earmarked for education, but the new Roth IRA transfer provision provides a workaround for parents or grandparents who worry that their funds will be stranded in the 529 plans by children who don't use them. Without the provision, the growing unused funds would be taxed at the investor's income tax rate if the funds are used for ineligible expenses, the money would also get hit with a 10% penalty. So basically what we're saying is you use money for college, you don't pay those taxes, you don't pay the penalty. If you don't use that money for higher education expenses, you pay the income tax on it plus a 10% penalty. So we're going to talk about another way to get around that. 529 plans are, are the, the, the use for the conversion now to a Roth have to be in place for at least five years. But it does appear that if someone has a plan on the books, and changes the beneficiary, also the transfer to a Roth IRA would not start that clock again. again. So one of the beauties of 529 plans is you can change beneficiaries over a period of time. And so if you have leftover money, you can change the beneficiary to another qualifying member, family member. And that includes typically a spouse, also a child, a grandchild. It also increases opportunities for investors to transform their 529 plan to Roth transfers in as estate planning vehicles. So this pays well for those that open a 529 today. Just get the clock started. Jumpstart that 529 plan clock. 
And because Roth IRA income limits are $153,000 for single and $228,000 for joint do not apply to this transaction, even ultra-high investors who have been held back from creating Roths could do so by using the 529 transfer. And you can make up to a million dollars or more a year as a beneficiary and, and won't stop you from doing this transfer, although it does appear that the beneficiary will have to have earned income in the year that the transfer does take place in order to affect the transfer. We expect Congress to address this at some point. There's a couple of gray areas there that weren't real sure about those requirements. But the maximum can be transferred from an education or 529 plan to a Roth is $35,000 per investor. And the point is to establish and maintain 529s early. So like a dollar Roth IRA, the small balance can use to start that clock running using a converted Roth money. So basically, again, uh, put a dollar in a 529 plan. Start that 15-year clock running. And beneficiaries of transferred Roth IRA would be subject to the new required minimum distribution rule. That's one change. It's a little different. If they do establish that Roth at age 72 or now 73, depending on their year of birth, uh, they will be subject to having to take that money out, and that would discontinue that tax-free accumulation. So if you have an example, an 18-year-old who is named as a beneficiary to a 529 plan that transfers to a Roth, they could experience 57 years of tax-free growth before they are required to take out the RMDs. And that would make a $6,500 Roth, and they can also add their Roth contributions to it. There's a lot of other provisions of the Secure Act 2.0. Um, I'm going to continue to cover those on our radio shows, but I don't have time today to go into them. Uh, RMD changes, uh, just a whole lot of things that are here. And um, anyway, we want to thank you for listening today. Dick Donahue with you with Wealth Wake Up Live here on KGMI. Uh, don't forget our show tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock. We'll talk about all the economic news that came out this week, including the, econo- the employment report. And next Saturday, uh, I'm going to have a radio guest with me. Uh, 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 I've had him with me the last couple of years talking about what's taking place down in the legislature. And uh, so we'll look forward to having that live live show next Saturday and having uh, uh, we'll be talking again about bills that are going to be affecting you at the state, state of Washington legislature as it starts this next year. Dick Donahue with you with Wealth Wake Up Live. Thanks for being here. The opinions voiced in Wealth Wake Up with Dick Donahue are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine what may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, financial, or tax advisor prior to investing. Guests on Wealth Wake Up with Dick Donahue are not affiliated with CWM LLC. Investment advisory services offered through CWM LLC, a registered investment advisor.